HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, hey, you're listening to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and we're here at Roberta's Pizza, as usual, on a very mild fall day in Brooklyn. Um, today, we're joined by a guest who came from a, a, quite a trek over <laughs> to these parts, <laughs> right. and I'm so happy for it. Um, she came out with an amazing new cookbook just uh, launched uh, two days ago? Two? No, 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 September 4th. September 4th, <clears throat> a while ago, but um, it's, it's, she's just in town for uh, a lot of events for the book. Um, it's called Japanese Farm Food, and we have Nancy Singleton Hachiso, its author. Hi. Thanks, Thanks so much for making it. Sure. Glad so, to be here. I, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, the the concept of the book was something that surprised me, but also mm-hmm. spoke to me so much because I love Asian flavors. Mm-hmm. I'm half Asian, and uh, I love farm food. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think that um, if you know the the topic of if when you think of modern day Japan, mm-hmm. the first image that probably <clears throat> comes to most people's minds is not a rural <laughs> farm setting, perhaps. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I gather from your book and from others that I've read as well that um, farms, farmers and the farming lifestyle is very revered in Japanese society. Um, okay. I'm not sure I'd go that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, um, I think of it as the backbone of Japanese society. Yeah. And I find it sad that it's you know, declining. Right. But um, there are younger people coming, you know, trying to come from the cities to try their hand at it. Um, and especially in our area, mm-hmm. but um, it's certainly not vilified by it's any not. means. Okay. No, but right. revered might you know. Um, 
I'm not going to go yeah, there. Yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> so. All right. Well, maybe when it comes to the purity of ingredients, which is uh, uh, so... It's an ideal of, that people ideal. love to talk about, okay. you know, and they love to think about. And there's lots of cooking um, or food shows on TV, um, but it's like a life that's not part of their life, right. you know? And so certainly really interested in it, but, you know just as easily can walk down the street and eat 7-Eleven food. No problem there. You know? <laughs> what <laughs> are those a, things kind of you the, get out of the vat? The, uh, <clears throat> the, what's it called? Those rubber kind of fishy balls. Oh, uh, uh, Oden. Oh, Oden. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that always looks really gross. <laughs> there's that's some very far from farm food, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, anyway, but um, so you know uh, about this because you've been uh, living on a farm for the past 20 years in Japan. 24. Mm-hmm. 24. Mm-hmm. And, um, and your husband has had this farm in his family. Mm-hmm. For, for several, many seven. generations. I don't know how long. They, but I will say that, you know, just because we're farmers doesn't mean we're growing. I mean, we're, we are growing vegetables, but we're not selling vegetables. This is not the kind of farm that Japanese farmers traditionally, they had some sort of agrarian related job. In, the, in my husband's family's case, they had silkworms. Mm. And so that was their, their livelihood. Right, yeah. right? And my husband now, he, I mean, it seeged into, uh, his fa- uh, segued into um, my, f- my, hu- my husband's father was doing some sort of chicken, raising chicken business. And then my husband switched it over to um, a free range egg business. But okay. the Japanese farmer would always grow, farming family would grow their rice. And then in our area, the wheat for udon noodles that they ate every night for dinner. And then, you know, a few crops. I mean, it's really standard crops right, in the summer for, and winter f- for the family. Right, like a farmstead <clears throat> or, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, but there's very few of those kind of farmers around, you know, that I kind of, imagine. that that, yeah. that model is, is rare. Same you know? as, same, same as, as here. pretty much anywhere, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there's, I mean, in... In America, there's been a, a real resurgence, you know, but it's a huge com- country, so mm-hmm. I don't know how, what percentage, you know, but <laughs> That's still, true. Um, it's that part has still not really hit Japan, right? You know, and and uh, you would be very keen to know about the resurgence here because you're from uh, Berkeley, California. Right? No, I'm no, from, from Palo Alto, ah, Palo Alto, <laughs> Atherton, actually, but yeah, I was born in Palo Alto. Okay, yeah, and you were in Berkeley for a while. Nah, I just go to Berkeley a lot because of Shippanese and because of my friends, <laughs> because we think the same way. Yeah. But yeah. I yeah. stay in Berkeley a lot. Great. So it must have been quite a drastic change of pace because I've spent some considerable time in the Bay Area, but I'm from New York and we have some drastic seasons, but I imagine it's not nearly as drastic as the the high temperatures in the summer and mm-hmm. then the freezing cold winters in Japan. Well, you know, Japan's like the size of California, and, and it has anywhere from LA to to the mountain to the Sierras, um, <clears throat> in climate-wise. So we're sort of in the middle. Mm-hmm. We don't really have, I mean, incredibly cold winters. We get one snow or two, and it doesn't stay on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it's more that, I mean, all over the world, seasonality has sort of disappeared in many ways, you know. You can go to the supermarket any time of year in Japan as well and buy tomatoes, tomatoes. cucumbers, you know, eggplant, eggplant, you know, and it's, you know, zucchini, whatever, you know, it's always there. And so <clears throat> the difference for me was it was mostly about eating from the farm, you know, and saying, well, this is what we have. 
and this is what we're going to eat. And, you know, I'd have cooking classes, and there was this organic um, vegetable company that was gathering. I mean, they would get vegetables sent to them. It was a friend of ours did this company, and, and it was like a clearinghouse for organic vegetables. And so I'd say, well, I want to have, you know, green beans on my cooking menu next month. And my husband would say, well, we won't have any. Well, well, these people will, and they're, they're growing in Kyushu, so it's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was really just sort of a slow process of figuring, realizing that, Really, whatever I have here and now, this is what I should be using, you know. And it and it helped the whole cooking cooking process, you know. What are some of the most <coughs> drastic differences that you encountered um, when you first moved to Japan? The drastic cooking, and, cooking? yeah. And well, <coughs> when I was first in Japan, I didn't have a fork and knife, and I only had chopsticks, and I only ate rice and tofu and vegetables. Um, and I was really trying to just, you know, completely immerse myself right. in the food life. And I got this book called The Heart of Zen Cuisine. And um, and then one other one was a home cooking book. I think I can't remember the name of the author. And I, you know, had a little dinner party. And I, you know, made this Zen cooking, you know, and everybody loved it. And, you know, it was very unusual. Nobody had had it before, practically. Mm-hmm. And then the next time I had a dinner party, I did the home cooking style, mm-hmm. you know. And... I got lots of kibitzing, and I just thought, then I thought, well, why am I inviting my Japanese friends over for Japanese food, you know? I mean, it's when I've only been here for, like, two months. It was sort of a crazy idea. So I continued to cook from what I saw on TV and, and just sort of a mishmash kind of thing of sort of quasi-Japanese food. But, okay. but really, when I had people over, I, I cooked Western food. I got mm-hmm. this Southern cooking book by Lee Bailey, made fried chicken, never eaten it in my life, never, you never cooked it in my life. <laughs> but, you know, I just did things like that that I thought that they might like. And, you know, really, I didn't, my husband was a really, is, is a very good cook. And so I let him cook Japanese food because, and I was just his assistant. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, just but over the years, I came to owning my own you know so the so the the food in the book is you know really our family food but it also it's you know it's it's certainly filtered through my taste Mm -hmm. because I'm not a farmer I mean I tried my best on the fields but I'm I'm not out there like at 5 a.m like my husband you know and so I like less salt less you know less soy sauce you know and less oil Okay. You know, uh, I think it looks like a delicious cuisine that you've <laughs> that you've managed to come up with here. Thank you. It definitely suits my taste. I'm, I'm looking through your blog right now, our JapaneseFarmFood.com, and the, this is the simplicity of, of so many of them. But it's just I think mm-hmm. that it's it's really accessible. Um, Stir fried celery and red pepper with soy sauce. Um, and, you know, Very just, delicious. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's great. And I don't know of too many people who stir fry celery other than Asian. Well, cultures. it's similar it's to a, veg- a mountain vegetable we have called udo. And, oh, but um, yeah. we also are, you know, we grow celery and our friends grow celery. And so, I mean, it's has a. It just seemed like a, I mean, in, a, a good mm-hmm. way to go. And um, hand chopped mackerel with miso and oh, chives. That is so good. Mm-hmm. Mm, that looks like a kind of a like a. Like is a it tartar, yeah, yeah, it's tartar. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, but just flavor so, with miso. Yeah, so a little French fusion there. <laughs> Let's <laughs> not use the fusion word. <laughs> That's a, exactly a Japanese dish. Okay, completely not. Yeah, no, not it's, at it's all. Not at all. No. Is there is there some um, uh, hesitation on the word fusion? 
Um, let's just say I don't like that word. Yeah. And it's, this is definitely not fusion food. I but, hear that. Yeah. I, just, I'm not a fan of the word either, yeah. but sometimes it's, it slips. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when you're saying that you first, um, when you tried to make the Japanese homestyle cooking for your friends in Japan, they were mm. like, Meh. is it because most people actually they were cooked? Like, mm. It was just like they wanted to give me different pieces of advice. Well, we would make it like that. And we were uh-huh. like, you know, and um, it was just some of my, my girlfriends, you know. And then they got my husband, my who was a friend at the time, involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was a big discussion about how the method. Right, you know, right. but there's no necessarily. It was a, a dish that I've never ever seen called mizutaki. It was a chicken nabe, and it's the restaurant food, really. I've okay, never seen it in my life in Japan. Is and there a, somebody had told me about it? You know, is there a large dichotomy between Japanese homestyle cooking and the restaurant foods? Well, generally, what you're going to have is. Um, the food and people eat in Tokyo is restaurant food. That's what they eat at their house. Mm-hmm. So the, that's diff- difference. That's town food. It's generated. Food, it's generated from really restaurants. Okay. You know? But you know, if you say restaurants in Japan, it's not like restaurants per se. I mean, there are restaurants, but there's lots of little teeny shops. Got you it. know what we call, and there's little teeny shops where you can sit down and eat. You know. But, at a um, stool or something yeah, right, in and a so, window. Right. So when you talk about there's so many restaurants in, in, in uh, Tokyo, it's per capita. But, I mean, it's more that there's really lots of teeny little shops. But um, the farm food is going to come from the field, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're going to have, um, you know, like when you have celery, you have a big thing of celery, <laughs> you know. But, right. but, you know, or carrots or, or greens, you know. You're just going to make a lot of one thing. It's not a lot of mixy-matchy things. Right. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> and you can use there's only there's four salts. You know, you you can use salt so or soy fast. sauce or miso or shotsuru, the Japanese fish sauce. Or maybe braise it in a little dashi or supper. Uh, that well, shochu. That, no, I mean that's just a different but salt method. flavor. We have Got four it. salt flavors. So if you have dashi, you still have to have a, fl- a, salt, a salt flavor. Either you're going to put salt in or soy sauce or miso from yeah. Bonita. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get the concept for? When did you come up with the idea to write this book? Was it um, a long time? Percolating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have several books that I want to write, and this was sort of a real back burner project. Um, I was thinking I'd call it Japanese Men Cook because the only food I've I've really loved is my husband's, and then my friend Kanjan, who's in the book a lot. Um, and, um, but then I thought I was going to write, you know, like my food book in Japan and, and publish it in Japanese, you know, and it just became less and less appealing because, you know, translating into Japanese, it, it loses something. But, um, uh-huh. I mean, we're hoping this were, this book will be translated into Japanese, but, um, so, and I also write about the life and it just sort of evolved and, um, it was kind of, it was David Leibovitz actually in Paris who, Blogger. Came up with the idea? Well, no, he just, or it wasn't come up with the, I mean, it was my. Prompted the yeah, idea. Yeah, he just said, if you so. live on an organic farm in Japan, then, you know, this is what you should be writing about. Um, and I said, yeah, I guess everybody wants me to write this book, so I think I'll write this book. <laughs> well, I'm very glad you did, yeah. too. And it just really took on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And and I started photographing before I even wrote the proposal. I mean, I didn't photograph, but mm-hmm. I got the photographer through a friend and just, I just go with my instincts you know mm-hmm. and how so, long did it take to write um i don't know the whole project was two years right. so it's not all one 
time. I, I did spend a very concentrated summer working on recipes. Right. I have a lot of stories hanging around. and um, But the, pho- the photography was over the course of two years. And wow. the photographer, Murasan, he came back, you know, multiple times for parties, um, uh, Thanksgiving, okay. you know. And so just it's really, you can see the layers and the photography from that, you know. I, I ask because it, this is one of the most kind of like really nurturing, like, you know, when you have a meal that is just so satisfying and mm-hmm. so many different uh, layers different taste buds are all sated mm-hmm. and I feel like that way about your book because you get a, so much personal anecdotes Thank that you. span <laughs> these 24 or some years sometimes I was like why am I writing too much and, I thought they were going to cut it <laughs> yeah and it's not a, you know it's not um, uh, just a kind of like I don't want to say careless but less thoughtful mm-hmm. um, marriage of, of Japanese cooking with mm-hmm. other influences it's mm-hmm. just very rooted in there. So, and and the book itself, I mean, um, physically, like the the cloth is from my house or from my friend Kim, who um, it's beautiful. Who, and then the pottery was, you know, except for the antique pottery, um, was all made by my my husband or my sons, you know. So it was, and the calligraphy is my husband's, you know. So the, a lot of the design ideas were, you know, came out of my house and my stuff, mm-hmm. and then and my ideas, and then the designer herself really put them on the page beautifully you it know. sounds like a perfect so, uh, was, a way to express this food because Japanese food is so visual too mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. and there are way more photos than originally anticipated but mm-hmm. I just sent a lot of photos mm-hmm. and then they, it was so hard to resist them I it's think. hard to resist yeah. when you come across a page when when I'm looking at a cookbook when I come across a recipe that doesn't have a photo in a in a book that has a lot of photos uh-huh. it's like whoa <laughs> yeah so yeah did a great job. Um, let's talk a little bit more about your upcoming events in New York City. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. we'll have a, just a quick little musical interlude. And we'll be right back to chat with more with Nancy Singleton Hachiso. Thank you. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets. I've devoted my idiot career to the old ways, the old recipes, the old tools, the old geography of where serious foods come from for centuries. And I've strived to make these wonderful things available to New Yorkers for 37 years. So it's a fait accompli for us to support Heritage Radio Network. And I hope you will too, and I hope you'll keep tuning in. For more information, please visit fairwaymarket.com.
right. That was a fun music break. We're back talking with Nancy Singleton Hachisu about Japanese farm food. Do check out the book. It's it's gorgeous to look at, and uh, the recipes are exciting and new. And Thank you. Yeah, I just, I really am a big fan of it. Um, before we talk about your events, um, I have been struggling with this one cooking issue. And uh-huh. right now is a great time to start pickling because it's a harvest season and we have so much produce and uh, not a lot, whole lot of time before uh, we're going to stop seeing some of our favorites. Um, so perhaps a good time to start pickling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've tried to make nuka zuke, the, ki- uh-huh. the type that mm-hmm. I love um, that is... I have some with me. Not here, but okay. in, the, in the hotel. <laughs> okay. And um, that requires burying the vegetables after they've been salted heavily in a, in a heavily salted rice bran um, called... What is it? Nuka That's doko. the nuka doko. Okay, in J- Japanese. It's rice bran mash. Rice bran mash. Yeah, and English. there's a photo of you making yes. the rice bran mash on your blog. Yes. It went moldy. <laughs> I tried. Okay, so okay. did you read the recipe or have you... F- I, I have um, I have uh, Elizabeth Ando's book. Uh, okay, well, why don't you read my recipe? But I mean, Elizabeth okay. is a fabulous a person. Ago. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and she's an incredible... Um, Anthropology you knows so, so much about Japanese food, so I'm sure the recipe is great. That was um, in Washoku. Yeah. So Japanese the thing program. is with with the the nuka doko, the, the the rice bran mash, you have to um, you have to uh, mix it every day. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it molds and it gets a, well. Actually, it gets a white bloom first, mm-hmm. and the, if it's just a very light white bloom, you can fold it in. Okay. But if it's um, if it's fairly white, or if there's some weepy stuff, you scrape it off. Okay, and then but you must you must aerate the whole mm. thing, and then you every single day. If you wait, if you forget one day, it's maybe okay. Two days, forget it. Just throw out the thing, you know. Okay. but <clears throat> it's a living thing. And it has to be, you can hold it, like when I'm traveling, I put it in Ziploc bags and I tighten it up and then I, you know, I put it in Tupperware. Um, it's not as happy that way and sometimes you have to drain it out, but mm-hmm. it's um, it has to be taken care of. Okay. And what's and the best way to mix it with like chopsticks, perhaps? Your hand. fluff it up? Your hand? That's not Your hand. Help. Okay. <laughs> you need your hands when you're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe I was giving it some No, mold. no, okay. no. You need your, I mean, the hand will impart good things too, I Great. think, you know. And, okay. And it, it also has to be completely flattened when you're done and every single little component inside it, like the kombu, red red pepper, um, all those kind of things have to be completely poked in. Mm. Nothing can be out. Okay. And I think it's happier in ceramic. Okay. But you all can right, I'll put try it in. that. I had a glass or something. Yeah, like that's that. fine. Okay. But yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, so this pickle, how did this, how did the tradition start? Ah, sorry. Oh, that's all right. You okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> I imagine it really? was a byproduct, the rice bran. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, right. Okay. I mean, I, I polished 52 kilos of rice before I came here and then I've got a bunch of rice bran. Um, okay. I had already started the um, my nuka, but um, I had polished some rice. But yeah, I mean, you polish your rice the and the holes you, off, of and it. you take the holes off for the machine takes the holes off, mm-hmm. and then it, then you've got you've got brown rice there. Right. Okay. And then you put the brown rice. The brown rice is in a hopper, and it goes through the next place, and you get a drawer full of. Um, I mean, we have a, a machine that's about the size of a washing machine. Okay. Um, and then you get a drawer full of this fluffy nuka. Uh, rice bran <clears throat> and then you add the salt water you parch it add the salt water you add some aromatics and a miso mm-hmm. um, kombu maybe um, well that's not an aromatic that i mean be, uh-huh. their ar- aromatics would be miso 
um, like sour orange peel and red pepper. And then you add the kombu for more, for more flavor, depth of flavor, and also it gives it, it gives some liquid off. Okay. And then you season it with the vegetables for like a week or two. And you really need a warm time to do it in. So that's an issue too. Like in, yeah. in Berkeley, it was a little bit harder. Um, uh, for one of the 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 chef that did the dinner, um, she was Amy Densler, and she her nuka I thought tasted good. Um, yeah. But it did lack some sourness that was necessary. Mm. So mm. if you put it in a warm car, that's going to maybe oh, do good. Oh, that's um, a good idea. And one it's of my friends thought... Car. <laughs> <laughs> well, another friend thought that, you know, if uh, proofing, like if you get your oven warm enough for proofing bread, that might be a possibility. Huh. I, I, I haven't signed up on that one. Okay. Signed off. But yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I, maybe it takes just practice and time yeah. and some years to just to keep get it patient. Finesse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> but you. But it's worth it for so much for the helpful tips. Yeah. Um, what are other uses for that uh, the fluffy rice bran? I imagine compost or um, yeah, compost. Yeah. Or, uh, okay. I think that um, and they also there's uh, face washing. Oh, you know, But I mean, Exfoli. I don't use it. But yeah. yeah. It's it's so fascinating to hear you kind of demystify the process of. Uh, Holding rice, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like in the size of a washing machine. Like, really, it okay. blows it out the side of the, gra- the, the, the garage door. Or actually, the the farm thing. The- that is so cool. Um, so, not only are you enlightening uh, these aspects of food um, in the book, but you're also cooking a dinner coming up soon here in Brooklyn. Well, Ken's cooking it. Um, okay, at Marlow, uh-huh. Marlow, and, and I'm just. I'm bringing some stuff and uh, just sort of consulting, but basically, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it going to be recipes from the book? Yes. The, some. J- some of the recipes are from the book, and some are like um, riffs off of um, yeah. the, the ideas in the book, you know? Okay, so um, using some something yeah. that we have here. So, yeah, I'm not, it, it's less than, it's not necessary. it's also what coming out of the, the chef's, his or her own creative ideas. Right. And so I didn't want to really put my finger in too much. Because, mm-hmm. um, um, and um, some of the dinners I cooked completely with, some of them I wrote the menu. It's all uh-huh. been sort of a different thing. Okay. But so Marlo will be, um, they're, both of the dinners are sold out, uh, unfortunately, but um, they're at 8 o'clock t- tonight. And Read tomorrow. about them on the blog. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll write up those, but wait. <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, William Sonoma, 59th and Lex on Wednesday night uh, this that. week at open to the 5:30. Yeah, yeah, back in the cooking area. And then uh, Brooklyn Kitchen, uh, you have to sign up online. Mm-hmm. Um, Reserve your spot now. Right, and that's a demo also. Um, but it's it's more food, and mm-hmm. be, and I, br- I brought rice from our farm. Uh, my husband's rice, uh, really delicious, and. Um, we'll have local vegetables, and I brought okay. my homemade miso, organic soy sauce. Um. So, do you know what you're going to cook? I do, I do. Okay. Um, so, at, um, at Williams Sonoma, it's I think it's um, celery kimpira, the one from the book. Oh, great. Um, yeah, very. I did it in um, in Gloucester. It was big, big hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe some um, a little. Um, a miso Easter fry thing. Um, okay, I have to see what the vegetables are at the green market. Um, sure. And then at um, at uh, Brooklyn Kitchen, we're gonna because of the the butcher shop, the, the meat, meat hook. hook yeah. yeah, I'm gonna get uh, thinly sliced pork belly uh, and saute it with um, some rapini, um, mm. just cooked rapini and um, 
Yeah, carrot miso salad, uh, carrot wrape, um, right. Julian cut, and then um, there was one other thing, and the rice and something maybe. Oh, and I uh, maybe uh, green beans with uh, with the, the Japanese fish Jap- sauce. Oh, maybe great, really, and oh. ginger. That sounds yeah. delicious. Mm-hmm. It's so simple, too. Yeah. A couple ingredients. Right, right. But in, right. in juxtapositions that I guess um, many people would not think of. Uh, speaking of which, this is a gorgeous photo, too. Um, on your blog, there's raw or- okra. Oh, yeah, that is with really bonita good. Sa- uh, with bonita flakes right. and uh, a little sprinkle of soy sauce. And I just, I never thought you could eat it raw is so okra. Good. Yeah. It looks like yeah. cucumber slices almost, mm-hmm. but... Um, I guess it's not as... Do you get that slime? No, see, that's the thing. I think people that don't like <laughs> okay. the slime are going like to like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to cook that at Bon Appetit on, tomorrow. Uh, not cook it. Chop it. Chop <laughs> it for it. the photo? <laughs> right. Yeah, I came with lots of knives. Um, yeah, there's no cooking. Um, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's in, in, incredible, actually. You know, I can't, I'm going to try that as soon mm-hmm. as possible. Also, it's good with that kind of style is really good with raw asparagus. Okay, yeah, I very very thin, not the season, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, light leaf season. Um, so I ask everyone on this show this question, and uh-huh. I imagine you'd be an expert on this. Um, but what do you think is the ultimate uh, date worthy meal? Date worthy meal? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in, in what way, shape, or form? Um, I, I Everyone mean, has a different take on that. Okay, yeah. well, the I would say go to Shape and East, but that's in Berkeley. Okay, so. that would be very nice. Uh, downstairs mm-hmm. in Shape and East. Um, okay. But, um, yeah, I like to go to, I mean, for a date, I would go someplace where you don't have to choose. You just sit down. Oh, on my casa. You know, and just, and that's why I like places like Shape and East. And I don't really know New York so well. We're going to Reynard tonight. <laughs> Reynard. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I imagine the chef's tasting menu experience is pretty... Yeah, I mean, you don't want to have to be choosing. I've, you know, when you have a date, you want to focus on the other person. And mm-hmm. I've spent so many years traveling with my children, and they refused to read the menus, you know, wherever you were. And so I had to repeat the menu, the menu over and over and over and over. I'm so happy to sit yeah. down. <laughs> Give me some food, please. <laughs> As long as it's good. You're over it. Yeah that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually, coming from, you know, you, you, it sounds like you could whip up so many different things. It's like, okay, let me not think. Yeah, right, right, here. right. Because the conversation every day in our house is what's for dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, who's cooking? Mainly, I mean, it depends. Now mm-hmm. my husband's cooking. Not so happy about it. <laughs> so how do you think that this book will be received by so many of the... Um, so so much of the American public that has only seen a lot of the you know sushi teriyaki mm-hmm. perhaps mm-hmm. Um, in Japanese food as it were mm-hmm. in New York I mean in America. America well I really 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 wanted to show Japanese food for the incredible simplicity that it can be mm-hmm. and that it not is not often like this you know this is not the kind of food that most people are eating actually you know and so that's why we can do the book in Japan because it's unusual for even for Japanese. Yeah. It's just the approach. I mean, it's really from our family and from my husband and then also my way, the way I want to eat too. Um, And it's really, you know, food that, I mean, it's a modern modernization of much older food, you know, um, because they didn't use sugar before, but with, with after the war, 
Um, you know, people wanted sugar because they didn't have it during the war, and it was a way of treating your guests so well. Plus, the vegetables didn't taste as good because everybody was leaving the farm to go to Tokyo to do the companies, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, um, and so I really wanted to just to have it very, very simple and just very understandable and say, look, Japanese food is not so mysterious, you mm-hmm. know. It's just, it's just, this is how it is. And in, in fact, Japanese people are not so mysterious. We're just, I mean, it's, I'm not Japanese, but they're just the same as country people in France or Italy or Japan or America. They're all the same feeling. Right. They just, and there's <clears throat> not this big mystery. You don't have to worry about how you bow or what you do. Just be normal and they'll be normal. And they're not, mm-hmm. they're not, they don't have lots. I mean, they're just real people. Right. You know, so yeah. that's kind of what I wanted to portray is like, it's just a normal thing, but there's Absolutely. so much mystique about Japan that's and like you don't need crazy. to have an arsenal of, of strange imported no, ingredient no, sauce mixes. No, in your no, fridge no, you should not. Right. Yeah. Oh, amen to that. I'm very excited to, um, um, you know, ex- cook more things from your book. And, 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 and one of the most exciting things that's come out for me is that, you know, at several of these venues, I've had um, Japanese Americans come up to me or like raise their hand in the audience and say, you know, this is the food that my grandparents or my great grandparents brought over from Japan in the teens. And my, mostly was in California, Washington, Oregon, that area. Oh, wow. And they were farmers when they came and they made their own miso and they made their own soy sauce and they made their own natto. And we've lost that food in our family. And so we are so grateful that you wrote this book. And, you know, okay, my tears are falling, <laughs> you know. But that is real. And they That's buy amazing. five books at a time. That is amazing. Seriously. I mean, that just really was special for me. Wow. You know? Wow. So tears to that. that. Congrats. It's a lovely cookbook. Everyone check it out, please. Uh, Japanese Farm Food. Um, come visit Nancy at Williams Sonoma on Wednesday, or uh, you know anywhere. Check out the that website for the whole list of tour appearances this fall. Thanks again, and uh, congratulations on the book. Thank you, Kathy. Thanks, Thanks, everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week on Let's Eat In. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.